Hello and welcome to an off-season edition of the Who Says No NBA Trade Podcast. We are in the dog days of August. Most of the free agency activity has slowed to a crawl. Things have gotten boring in the NBA world, but not for us. The world of trades, transactions, free agency never sleeps. So to talk about this, uh, joining me is my co-host, a guy I haven't talked to in a really long time. You've been doing these a few of these on your own. This is Sam Quinn, the guy who goes on Twitter pisses people off. I've found that in the off season, you haven't been able to do that as much. Has that become a problem for you? It's been a little quiet to be sure. I think I've lost some of my edge. I was going to say though, very enthusiastic. Hello. It really has been a while. I want to let people behind the curtain a little bit as to why we haven't done a podcast in a little while. And it's entirely my fault. What happened was last Monday, I wrote out a lengthy text to Colin explaining just some topic ideas I had for the slow portion of the off season, you know, this is some scheduling stuff, you know, general podcast co-host text sort of things. And I never clicked send. So for days I was wondering, like, is Colin avoiding me? Has he found a new co-host? Is he leaving TBS? And then on Saturday, I noticed I never hit the send button. It's just, it's so incredibly sad. I'm sitting there wondering, why isn't Sam contacting me? I mean, you know, every relationship, there's like the kind of the instigator. You're the guy who usually initiates the contact, sends me the text. So if I'm not getting that, I'm thinking, about is he mad at me? Is he off doing podcasts with other guests? It's a very kind of unrequited Romeo and Juliet type of thing going on. Well, the funny thing about it is we're in Slack together every day. And like, we would be talking in Slack, not necessarily to each other, but like, a news story would come in and we would both comment. And I don't know about you, but I was sitting here thinking like, oh, Colin has time to be on Slack, but not to respond to my day. <laughs> That's the worst thing. That's a very <laughs> modern problem where like you have your private communication and then you have your group communication. And it's the same when you have a group text and like you've texted somebody like an inside joke and you're waiting for them to write back. Ha ha ha. And like they don't. And then they respond to the group text. And you're like, I know you saw my text. Like, Come on, man. I wonder how many relationships have been ruined because of this. All of my group texts are muted. Is that the case for you? Because I can't have the 50 notifications at once thing. I I have I have to mute one of them. One of them is pretty infrequent, so it's okay. One of them, I, I, generally when they get rolling, it's like, bloop, bloop, bloop. Do you get yeah. the people? Okay, this is one of those like, oh, don't you hate when people, like a Seinfeld thing. But when you uh, get the people who send every sentence as one separate text, Yes. And it's just blue, 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 blue. We blue, have you one just coworker put it that all does together. that religiously, and it yeah. drives me crazy. Yeah, no, na- we're not naming any names. We're not but naming the, anybody. The, the other side of that is what you did, where you type out, you know, seven paragraphs, and then you forget to hit send. But if you just well, would have done that one sentence at a time, I would have gotten it. I kind of do that in Slack, aside from the not hitting send part, where, like, you know, some bit of news will drop. And I'll basically, like, write the whole thesis statement to the story I'm about to write in Slack. Like, I have to test it on my coworkers first. So, yeah, I'm a big block texter. I don't know. I guess you're somewhere in between. Like, you're a pretty sensible texter. I try to, yeah, I try to, I'm really cognizant of it. And I try to end it with the three, I always end with the three dots to, like, make you think there's going to be more. Or this could be the end. It's got, like, the end question mark at the end of movies. That's what makes you a great podcast host, Colin. You always leave them wanting more. Oh, thank you, Sam. Speaking of wanting more, everybody wants more trades and more action. It's what been super slow. Super slow in the NBA. See, I haven't missed a beat. I know I haven't Not posted one of these beat. in a while, but man, it never goes away. It's like riding a bike. Um, we're here to talk about trades. Basically, 
what this podcast is going to be is we're going to talk about the NBA players who are most likely to be traded either before next season or sometime during next season. Let's say leading up to the 2022 trade deadline. Perfect. Leading up to the 2022 trade deadline. So, um, you know, um, there's been a lot of talk about certain people in the news of certain players who are expected to be traded. We'll we'll get into them very shortly. Um, but there's also going to be players on the list who uh, probably aren't on the top of your radar, particularly with Sam's guys, because as we know, last year, one of our introductory podcasts, uh, one of the first ones we ever did, we did players most likely to be traded. We're expecting these big names and uh, number one For player Rodney on your Hood, list. Memorial Who was it, Sam? Most likely to get traded player. Rodney freaking Hood is the big closer that Sam comes up with. And I'm like, oh, man, we're, we're, this podcast is going nowhere. We're, we're talking Spoiler about Rodney alert. Hood. This year's picks, I have two that I think fit that category. We'll decide which one qualifies as my Rodney Hood memorial pick. But I've got two this year that are lower profile than Rodney Hood. Hey, stay tuned. The Rodney Hood Memorial pick could be Rodney Hood again. Who knows? We don't know. So what we're going to do, basically, I'll, uh, Sam has made his list of players he feels, uh, and, and you've ranked them correct in, in some sort of order. I can. I hadn't before. but oh, Okay, just a 10 point. No, you don't need to rank them. We're good. Yeah. Um, and I have come up with kind of categories. So, uh, you know, ty- different types of players that we've seen traded in the past. Uh, that could be traded again. So, you ready to do this, Sam? Are we ready to get going? Anything oh, to add? Did I miss anything? All right. So let's start because everybody wants to talk about these guys. I, you know, I'll call them like the regulars, the people in the news, the people. If you say NBA trade rumors colon, you know some of these names are going to come up. So first and foremost, let's just get them out of the way. Is Ben Simmons going to be on the 76ers next year? I know we've talked about this a million times, and if not, where's he going? So I think Ben Simmons is tied pretty closely to two other names, Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal. We assume that Philly wants to trade Ben Simmons plus other stuff for one of those two guys. I have to say, though, for this podcast, I don't know if it makes sense to have those guys listed because I'm starting to think that none of them are going to get traded this season because I think a Simmons trade is dependent on one of those two guys getting traded. Everything coming out of Portland right now from Lillard specifically is that he does not plan to request a trade at this moment. Maybe that changes during the season, but I think right now what the likeliest outcome is, is Portland is a play-in team, they lose, and then next offseason Lillard asks for a trade. And then Beal, aside from the fact that the Wizards are just in total denial about their place in the NBA, suddenly look around the NBA, there's not a max cap space team for him to sign with next year. The Wizards have way more control here than I think people realize. I think there's a good chance that they just go into next offseason and say, like, okay, Bradley, we dare you. Find a better situation. I don't know if there's one out there. So you you think after all of this, you know, noise that Damian Lillard has made saying, you know, um, I'm not necessarily requesting a trade. However, I need to see improvement. I'm looking at my roster and I don't see this team being a championship contender. Then they go out and sign Cody Zeller and Ben McLemore. And now you're telling me that everything's going to be okay. He's just going to play no. the season. I don't understand. No, how this I'm works. not saying everything's going to be okay. I'm saying it's just not going to blow up yet. I think it's going to blow up next off season because I think Lillard from a PR perspective wants to be able to say, I did everything I could. I gave them every chance. I gave Chauncey his chance and it just didn't work out. Like 
I don't think that's the smartest thing for him. At his age, he's in his 30s now. He's a small guard. Those have a spotty aging history. Like, I don't think it makes sense for him, frankly, to waste another year of his prime in Portland. But I think that's what he's going to do. So, I I mean, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't make sense to me. I think that that was them, him giving them a chance and not necessarily blaming Portland. It's not like they could have made some crazy signing or, you know, done some smart trade that would have made Lillard happy. But I guess the other option is, you know, another guy on the list whose name gets brought up a lot, CJ McCollum. And if you're not, if Lillard isn't demanding a trade, do you trade McCollum and try to get a Ben Simmons to put next to Damian Lillard uh, in order to make that happen? Uh, one, would Portland do that? Two, is CJ McCollum plus spare change and draft picks going to do it for Daryl Morey in terms of well, Ben Simmons? This is the question, right? Like, this is ultimately a game of chicken where Portland wants Philly to say, we will give you Simmons for McCollum plus blank. And Philly wants Portland to say, we will give you Lillard for Simmons plus blank, right? Like eventually you'd figure one of those teams is going to cave and say, fine. But I don't think Daryl Morey is the sort of GM that would do that. And I think Portland right now is too stubborn. We're like, Neil O'Shea is, I I don't think he's going to do it. I think he's going to say until Lillard actually requests a trade, we think we can build around him and win. I don't think that that's a good idea, but frankly, I don't see any evidence from Portland that they're willing to make a trade without a specific request. So ultimately, I think the sensible place for this to settle would be Portland giving up both McCollum and Robert Covington so Philly could maintain some of the defense that made them so special last year while also improving offensively. But ultimately, I just I think Daryl Morey is going to say, I don't care if next season's uncomfortable. We're going to wait this out. I dare you to keep Lillard any longer than that. It's just so weird. Like, what? How does it work? Like, we saw with Anthony Davis, like, they tried to play him in the first half. And they didn't play fourth quarters. And then sometimes they, when they were close to winning, they would put him in. Like, I just don't know if it's uh, – I know Maury wants to, to hold on to him and use, you know, every ounce of negotiating that he has. But can they really start the season with him on the roster? Like, is that is that – is that going to work? I think they're going to do it. I don't think it's going to work, oh, but I man. think they're going to do it. That's going to be rough. Well, what's the alternative? Like, what's the other trade that if we go into this assuming that Maury is not going to trade Simmons for anything less than Beal or Lillard, what is the other trade? Like, I think Minnesota would make sense for Ben Simmons. I would hope that they would be willing to come up with, like, a more reasonable trade where something like Beasley and Russell and picks for Simmons I just don't think Philly's going to cave on that. So you think they would rather go into the season with this horrible situation and a player who is clearly unhappy and the organization that's unhappy with him, they would rather do that than do a a quote unquote minor trade. That's not for a super duper star. Well, yeah. I mean, if they make, if they make the wrong trade with Ben Simmons, that's it. The process is over and they've lost, right? Like this is is it. They're not, they're never going to have max cap space again with this roster. They're never going to have the sort of trade assets that like, you know, they're never going to have a young superstar that they can flip for in this prime superstar X. Like Simmons is it after all of their machinations, after getting the number one pick and Markel Fultz wrong, after trading so many picks to get Tobias Harris and trading Sarich and, and Covington to get Jimmy Butler, after making all of those moves, what they're left with right now is Ben Simmons is their trade asset. That's it. Thibault is nice. He's a sweetener in one of these deals. 
You know, Maxi is nice. He's a sweetener in one of these deals. But Simmons is the last piece that they could credibly call the centerpiece of a superstar trade. If they get the Ben Simmons trade wrong, whatever it is, that's it. That's the end of this era. That's why I don't think they're going to rush it. What about so there's another guy on the list that's talked about all the time and was actually almost traded. Uh, I think it was a day before the draft, but the Lakers ended up getting Russell Westbrook instead, which remains to be seen how that'll turn out. But Buddy Heald, is that uh, a guy who rises to the level like that could be a Ben Simmons target healed and Bagley or some junk? No, I, I don't know. Like, because he fits in I Philly, just, right? A little bit. He can shoot. I mean, Buddy Hill does fit in Philly. I'm not denying that. But like, he was almost traded for Kyle Kuzma and Montrezl Harrell. Now suddenly <laughs> he's going to get an All Star back, right? Like, well, if you ask Kyle Kuzma, he is an All Star. I don't care what point, anyone like, else says. I think the NBA mostly views Buddy Heald as a negative value trade asset, right? Like I spent 10 minutes on the trade machine before this trying to figure out where to send him. Philly makes sense. I don't know what the matching salary is, right? Because they have five players making more than 8 million and then everybody else is 3.3 million or less. Like, are you trading Seth Curry and Danny Green to get Buddy Heald? I don't think so. Are you trading Tobias Harris for Buddy Heald? Kind of a lateral move. I don't really get it. So I don't know what the trade is and there's just no way he's not good enough to be traded for Ben Simmons. Wow. So the Sixers are just going to enter the season with Ben Simmons. The Blazers are going to enter the season with Damian Lillard, and these two are just going to be unhappy. But the problem yeah. with the Sixers is that they they were so good last year. Like, are, Well, they'll probably be that good again this year. That's right, that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if, Simmons is, if Simmons is, like, somewhat, like, normal human being and just playing, like, himself, they're still going to be good. Like, it's going to be weird that they're going to be, like, heading into the trade deadline as like one of the top teams in the East potentially. And then being like, we have to trade this guy or we're never going to win championship. Well, maybe that's the the goal, right? Is you come into next year and you just say, we're going to be a really good regular season team. And maybe by February, people have forgotten about all the playoff stuff. People don't forget. It was super bad. So they said, we live in an NBA. We're like, look at some of the guys who've been traded. Russell Westbrook has been traded twice on this contract. We called that one of the worst contracts in the NBA. Chris Paul has been traded twice on a contract we called one of the worst in the NBA. People are insanely forgetful. I guess. What have you done for me lately? But uh, I just don't see Because, like, the problem is, like, Simmons' meltdown came, like, in the postseason. So, like, even when he's doing well in the regular season, people are still going to be like, yeah, but wait until the playoffs. Like, if he does, if he plays well next playoffs, that's a different story. Like, then people I forget think- about it. There is a baseline offer that they will never not be able to get. They will never not be able to get Buddy Heald. They will never not be able to get Malcolm Brogdon. Pick your guys in that vein. They'll always be able to get those guys. I don't think anything can change that. It's like in middle school when, like, I get the ball and shoot a three with, like, 33 seconds left on the 35-second shot clock. And my coach wouldn't yell at me. He'd just pull me over and be like, look, we can get that shot anytime. Like, let's work it around, see if we can do a little bit better. Then, you know, at the end of the shot clock, you can take that. That's kind of what you're saying about Simmons, right? Yes, there will always be a certain caliber of offer that is like above average starter plus two first round picks. That's always going to be there. So that's why I don't think they're in a rush to take it. They can wait on Superstar X and say, if we can't get that in six months or a year, then we start to consider some of the more, I don't know, underwhelming offers. Yeah, just we need to get this guy the hell out of here offers. Um and I don't think they're thinking that way. But like, let it not be said, this guy has made multiple All Star teams, and like, he's still what twenty four. 
Like we could maybe chill a little bit is all. What what we saw in the playoffs was was jarring, Sam. That that's that is like Markel Fultz can't shoot type of stuff. Like there was can something we, going on with him mentally. Can we go back to Heald for a second? I'm sure he's on one of your lists, but like we might as well get to him now since we mentioned him. Yeah, he's on this list, so perfect. Who is the Buddy Heald team? I'm looking through this. I spent 10 minutes on the trade machine before we started trying to figure out where he's going. And Philly doesn't have like a sensible matching salary structure unless they were going to do like Danny Green plus a bunch of much cheaper guys. But that would increase their tax bill a fair bit. Like I looked at the, the Knicks, but they signed Evan Fournier who fills that role. San Antonio would have made sense before Doug McDermott. Like a lot of the teams, New Orleans would have made sense before Devontae Graham. I don't know who the team is for Buddy Heald, which is a shame because I think he's a way more valuable player than is being presented. And I think the Kings really do want to trade him. They wouldn't have taken Davion Mitchell if they thought Buddy Heald was part of their future. Isn't he like one of the best three-point shooters in NBA history? Like to this yes. point in his career? He made the second most threes in the NBA last season. Only Curry made more. Well, he makes $22 million, which is a lot, but it's not... Declining, by the way. Yeah, yeah, right? He only makes $18 million the last year of that deal. It's like, I guess like you're saying, like you, you look at him on paper and you're like, every team would want this guy, right? Why do we say that this is a horrible contract, but Joe Harris is like, nobody talks about that contract? Oh, he's it's just basically so good. the same raw money. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Well, the way Joe Harris played in the playoffs, maybe uh, people aren't I'd saying that I'd rather have Buddy Heald, honestly. Like, I think Buddy Heald has higher defensive upside, although obviously has not been a good defensive player in recent years. I would attribute that more to the fact that he plays for the Kings. Um, but my point is, I think there should be teams that want to trade for Buddy Heald. I'm just not sure who it is. And, like, I will mention the Lakers as a target. I mean, people have accused me of doing that way too often. Taylor Horton Tucker plus Kendrick Nunn plus Marcus Gasol for Buddy Heald is sitting right there, is all. It would increase the Lakers tax bill. I think they would have to put one more guy in to match the salary. But like that sitting there as the we get the star shooter to put next to Westbrook sort of deal where the Kings just get off of Heald's money and they get a good young prospect back in return. Like that deal is sitting out there. I don't think the Lakers are going to do it, but it's the most sensible thing that I see right now. Samus is straight dying on the Lakers are still getting Buddy Heald Hill. You're up there with the flag. They're, they're trying to they enemy troops are just rushing you trying to take it over. And you're like, no, I'm staying here. I'm holding this flag. I've moved past denial in the stages of grief. And now I'm on anger because I think it's so stupid that they don't have him that I'm still holding out hope that like, hey, guys, I'm just going to lay out the path to actually getting him. You use it if you want. I'm just saying it's still there. It's possible. Uh, the only other guy I had on this list, like the guys we regularly talk about for trades, is Pascal Siakam. I know that, you know, who is, whoever in the Raptors, whatever, has denied, no, 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 he's a part of our future. We're not trading him. But, you know, how many times have we heard that? So, well, like, um, look at all of the long forwards they have now. Like, they're the only team in the NBA that has too many long forwards, right? Like, is Isaac Bonga going to play for them? Are they going to take out <laughs> my favorite player, Yuta Watanabe? I had to ask Mike, uh, Michael Bolin, our NBA editor, uh, one of our NBA editors. Um, he's a Wizards fan, and the, the you know, Isaac Bongo is a restricted free agent. So I asked him, like, how worried are you? Somebody's going to come in with a godfather offer for Bongo, and you're not going to be able to retain him. I think they just, like, renounced him, like, right after that. Wizards beat writer asked me for a Bongo jersey swap, like, a year ago. That's amazing. I saw when he, when he was on the Lakers, right? Yeah, he's like, 
he was okay. Like he he yeah. got it. He was like 18 years old, and you're like, he's got he's got something. He's got some stuff. If you look at him internationally. Like there's a lot more to his game than you see in the NBA. Like he's a much better ball handler than you think. It's obviously when you think of long forwards, the thing that you want to complement that length is shooting, and it just has never happened for him. But more importantly, like if they can't find minutes for Yuta Watanabe, my favorite player in the NBA, I will revolt. I oh, will invade yeah. Canada on behalf of the United States. Yeah, but to to your point with Siakam, like <laughs> the Raptors knew they were losing Kyle Lowry. They had Jalen Suggs, who has been talked about as perhaps the second best player in this draft. Some people probably think he's the first best player in this draft. Just sitting there waiting for you. Everybody wants you to take him. And instead, they take a player who plays Pascal Siakam's position. It kind of gives you the idea that they don't necessarily think that Siakam is part of the future, despite what they say. Uh, plus, they have OG Ananobi, who's also over there. So yeah, I, I'm very open to a Siakam trade. It just I don't know who the team is. It's the yeah, same thing. But like, what about like Sacramento? Uh, oh, there you go. Sac- Siakam and Heels. Heels for Siakam. I don't think the value is right there. I think Siakam is significantly more valuable, but like. Hey, maybe you get a first round pick or something. Like, I don't yeah, know. They'd have to they'd have to it would have to be healed and somebody, right, for salary. Uh yes, healed is twenty two million. I think Siakam's around thirty. Yeah. So they'd have to get they get something. And then the Kings the Kings said they, they wanted or somebody said the Kings said that they wanted to make a big splash and like make a big trade. And then like you look at the league and you're like, Okay, who are they gonna get? They're not getting Ben well, Simmons are not getting Damian Lillard. Like, what is this big trade that they're trying to do? But the Raptors already have um, Gary Trent, so why do they want Buddy Heald? Eh, it's, you know, modern NBA. Play as many guards as you want. I don't know. I think that's a stretch. Yeah, well, uh, do you think, just wrapping up Siakam, like, do you think they they have to trade him, or do you think they have to trade somebody, or do you think they're content just like, hey, let's just throw all these people on the court, see what we got, and figure it out later? I think they'll have traded somebody significant by the deadline. I just don't know who, and I don't yeah. know for what. I don't know what the direction of the franchise is right now. Frankly, I think they just sort of thought, like, we think Barnes is better than Suggs, so we'll take him and we'll figure it out. So how many guys from that that we just talked about are on your list? Uh, well, Buddy Heald. Is, and even Buddy Heald I had as a honorable mention. I do not think of him as particularly likely to get traded just because I don't know who the team is, but he was the only one that we've, we've covered so far. Wow. So you don't think, so Simmons wasn't on your list. The guy who everybody thinks is going to get traded. Nope. I think he's going to play out the season in Philly. Unbelievable. All right. I'm ready to move on. You ready? Yep. All right. My next category is expiring contracts. Uh, there's obviously many more than the ones I'm going to list, but these kind of stood out to me. Um, expiring contracts are very valuable at the end of, the year because teams can trade for them and then they get taken off the books. They don't have to worry about it. So usually it comes for a guy who has multiple years and then they make that swap and they don't have to pay the other guy, you know, financial ramifications, that sort of thing. Um, also you can get like a rental situation where you want a guy just for the playoff push, you only have to pay him prorated salary and then whatever. Everybody understands expiring salaries. Um, I guess since we were talking about the Raptors, we might as well just start with Goran Dragic because he is on my list. He's the point guard of the Raptors right now, I guess, uh, depending on what you consider Fred Van Vliet to be. Maybe they're six-man, Dragic. Um, either way. I think they'll um, bring Trent off the bench is my guess. Okay. Well, either way, he's probably, I mean, probably not long for the Raptors, I would think. But he makes $18 million, expiring contract. 
where does he go? That's another question. I suspect he'll be a Dallas Maverick soon enough. It's just a matter of right now. Dallas is saying, come on, you don't even want him. Just give him to us. And the <laughs> Raptors are saying, no, you have to give us something good. I, I mean, maybe it'll be Dwight Dwight Powell and some second round picks would probably be my guess. Dwight Powell, not on my list, but I'm glad we got to mention I him. know, man. You're just I, you're just waiting until the end to be like, you didn't mention Dwight Powell. Then you just bring him up in the drug yeah. section. I love it. So. I think something like that is probably likeliest. But what about Philly? Like, what about Danny Green and some second-round picks for Dragic? Again, like, if you're giving up Danny Green, I feel like that's a more valuable player to you than Dragic. Like, I know you need some some shot creation, but let me just say, I know that Philly fans are like, what are you talking about? We got Tyrese Maxey. Did you see this guy in Summer League? Um, But I think they need a little bit more playmaking, uh, especially in the half-court um, I would but, rather have the playmaker than the three and D player for them specifically. Yeah, I just it's one of those things where like like if Philly's if you're trading Philly's defense, which is elite or has been, for half court offense and a veteran guy who you kind of don't know how much he has left in the tank. He didn't look great last year in the playoffs. Uh, are you are you better off just kind of playing to your strength and saying let's just play really good defense? And hope that, you know, Embiid can not run out of gas and hope that Maxi can take a leap or whatever. Tobias Harris can can be that kind of half-court playmaker. Is it better to do that than just say, let's give up a, 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 what we consider to be a very important piece of our defense for a guy who might bring us more offense and then make us kind of even, you know, mediocre at both? Yeah, I get the logic. And the other advantage of Green is that he has two years left on his deal. So that gives you two years to maybe trade him for something good. Whereas Dragic is expiring and you're not going to resign him for 19 million again. So the salary slot is going to decline significantly. So I, I get the logic, but I think Dallas is probably the likeliest outcome. I think you'd agree with me. Yeah. And he's, he's talked about wanting to play with, uh, you know, Luka Doncic or, Hey, you, you can't say I want to play with him, but he said something like, Oh yeah, it'd be great one day or something like that. And, and his brother you know, Zoran played with him in the Olympics. There you go. And if he's the, uh, Luca can't be too happy with what's going on in Dallas, right? I mean, in terms of who they brought in, Reggie Bullock. Well, they hired they hired Jason Kidd, the superstar whisperer. So he's yeah. gonna get worse, but he's gonna be happier. Is that how it works? That's how it works with Jason Kidd. Yes. I thought he yelled at players and demeaned, demeaned them and made them run until they quit. And yet, and yet, Giannis is out here saying like, "Let me go save your job. Let me talk to ownership." I can't explain it, but superstars love the guy. Okay, fair enough. Um, Another expiring contract. This guy's like, I don't even like, he was just a weird one. I saw his name and I was like, oh yeah. Uh, Gary Harris. At least for the magic. He's, he's he makes make 20 million, $21 million. Yeah. What's he's not. Nobody, bad? Nobody's trading for him. He's a buyout. Could it be? No. He's the answer con- is he's getting. What, what if, uh, who's, who says no? What yeah. if he gets traded? What if it's a three team deal and he's used as kind of matching salary for one of these superstar guys? In what ooh, ooh. No, well, like, like, say they got, like, I don't know, like, you know, Oklahoma City wanted to give them, like, a thousand picks, but they didn't have, like, the matching salary. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll take Gary Harris. Oklahoma City has cap space. They don't need matching salary. You know what I'm trying to say. There isn't. I, I see what you're trying to say. It's just it's not there. It's, he's a buyout. The one mm. thing they could do is if they really are willing to go, like, deep, deep rebuild is call up Cleveland and say, hey. We will swap you, Gary Harris, for Kevin Love if you give us a first-round pick. Yeah, I mean, Kevin, uh, 
Kevin Love was on one of my lists. We'll Kevin Love is another buyout. Nobody's trading for his salary. Well, that's the thing. Is like, he, oh, it was my, he was in my wild card list. See, that's a, you don't know. It could be anything. You mean your buyout list, essentially. Could be an ace. Could be a two. You don't know. No. Gary Harris is getting bought out, and I suspect he will return to Denver in the middle of the season. Wow. Can you do that? It's been long enough, I guess. Uh, yeah, he'll have been more than a year at that point. Is that the, uh, the Zydrubis Ogowskis rule? I'm going back. I think it was somebody from Dallas. I can't remember the specifics. Yeah, that was a, a, a buyout, and then you wait like two weeks and then sign them again. Like maybe it was <laughs> no, it wasn't Michael Finley. Um, I can't remember who it was, but I think it was somebody in the Jason Kidd trade. Maybe it's Stackhouse. I think it was Stackhouse. Oh, Stackhouse. He's a head. Coach and I remember there was like he gave some report. I don't know if it was Stackhouse, but whoever the player was gave some quote to a beat writer like "See you in 30 days," which was <laughs> hilarious and so transparently like. Not technically illegal, but like such a blatant disregard for the spirit of the rule. It's just amazing. Just like openly acknowledging. Yeah. Uh, another guy I had, uh, Thaddeus Young. He's kind of, he could be like a flip candidate too, but assuming he plays some, a little bit with the Spurs. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be important for their defense and he's the sort of veteran that Pop loves. So I think Pop just keeps him and just says like, we don't have that many young front court guys that need minutes. I think having a high IQ veteran who can play some small ball five, like I think that would be important developmentally for this person. So I think they're going to keep him actually, but I get the logic. I do think there would be good teams that would want him. And do you think that like, okay, sure we keep him, but then the trade deadline rolls around and like we're, you know, sitting in the 11th spot in the West and we have no use for this guy who's on an expiring contract. Let's try to get a, you know, a first round pick for him or something, some contender want to throw their hat or ring yeah i i wouldn't rule out a trade i think there's it's fairly possible i just don't look at it as like so likely that i would put him on my list he wasn't on your list huh nope Jonas valentunas no i just what are the pelicans doing man <laughs> i don't like i i'm not against the idea of them trading him i just like what is their end game right now yeah i don't know man it's weird I, I think, you know, we all do our grades for the offseason. I think I gave him like a C or a C minus or something That's like that. It's just a question mark. I don't know. Well, I can't get away with that. I got to give him something. But it was just like, yeah, it was all it was all weird. Everything was weird, starting with not just re-signing Lonzo. I mean, well, who's going to play center for them? If Val- is Willie Hernan Gomez still their backup center? Willie is one of the best post players in the NBA. Look at check out Synergy, okay? I just no, like just I'm not against the idea of New Orleans trading him, but like Jackson Hayes, he, right? Oh, yeah, but he had he's not been very like I wouldn't be surprised if his fourth year option wasn't picked up. Like he hasn't really, really you done think? much. Oh man, I'm not he's, saying I think that's likely. I'm saying yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, and I'll, I don't I don't know what his I don't want to like his like legal situation. I don't know what's going on yeah, there. I'm, I'm trying not, to not in not informed on it, so I don't want to yeah. get in trouble. Um, but I'm saying like that seems like the type like you know if, assuming. I don't think he's a very good shot blocker, but assuming he could be at some point, a rim protector, like, isn't that the type of guy, like an athletic rim protector, rebounder? No, what, they, what they want is Miles Turner. Like, that's the guy they need, somebody who can defend and shoot threes. But they're not going to trade Valanciunas for Turner, because why would the Pacers want Valanciunas? Why wouldn't they? Him and because Sabonis together? They're just, like, <laughs> just pounding the paint? <laughs> if you thought Tur- um, Turner and Sabonis was a bad fit, like, good lord. <laughs> 
Well, that's what I hated no, about the whole it. the whole Valanciunas discussion was like, oh, well, he's better next to to Zion and Steven Adams because he can stretch the floor. It's like, no, he can't. It's like two well, threes a year. Well, let's point this out. He's better. He's not. That doesn't mean that he's good. But like Steven Adams, you don't even look at that dude behind the arc because he's never behind the arc. Have you seen his Instagram videos this summer? He's working on it. Remember then, when Derek Favors was going to develop a three? How'd that turn out? Not every big man can learn how to shoot. Andre Drummond, he was shooting him. He should start with free throws. Yeah, it's weird because that was all happening like a few years ago. I feel like that doesn't happen much anymore where you get like the Hassan Whiteside, like I'm shooting threes now. Yeah, there really was this period where like <laughs> for like four or five years every year, there was like one or two centers that like broke out as three-point shooters. Like, oh, Brooke Lopez shoots threes now. Oh, Marcus All shoots threes now. Whereas now it sort of feels like big men come into the league, like either they're shooters or they're not. Like you can either see it or you can't. Right. Yeah. Um, let's go. Keep going on expiring deals. Uh, Derek Favors, you know. Is it, actually, I don't know if he's, he does have an option, doesn't he? He's yes, definitely he taking that out. I, I initially had him in my top five when I thought it was a team option. Now he's in my honorable mentions. Obviously, there's the trade value rehab thing that Oklahoma City does where they get a veteran and they make that player desirable and then they flip him. That's a possibility. But also, like, I just want to ask you this. Who do you think Oklahoma City's backup center is? I was going to say Moses Brown, but they traded him. Yeah. Poku? Does he play center? Uh, no, like, Poku can't play center. Like, is Didn't it Isaiah Roby? Is it Mike Muscala? Is it Lou Dort? Like, they I have no Muscala, idea who their backup they? center. Yeah, I don't know who their backup center is. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, if you're Oklahoma City and you want to go super tank again, then just getting Derek Favors off of your roster as value, because then suddenly, like, Isaiah Roby is your starting center. Whoa. Yeah, I'm looking through their roster. They, like, literally don't have another center. I guess it's Muscala. I guess it is. Like, imagine starting center Mike Muscala. Wow. I didn't realize that. Baisley? Could you make He's, like, nine feet tall. He's got really long arms. I feel like... They're a mess. This team is a mess. Yes. Oh, my goodness. If they want to go into tanking overdrive again, the move is to trade Derek Favors. Who's the only veteran on their team, by the way. Yeah, they need to trade him. He's not. I mean, what do you do if you're Derek? Like, this is a guy who's, like, used to playing on, like, winning teams and having, like, a, an important but small role. And now you're, like, go play with, like, a bunch of 16-year-old kids who have no – the organization has no desire to win one game this year. He got the full mid-level for three years when, like, at this stage of his career – He's like a desirable minimum guy where like, oh, is he better than Dwight Howard who the Lakers signed for the minimum? I don't think so. Maybe. So I think he's okay. He's getting his money. What do you get? Could you, what could you get for Derek Favors if you trade? I mean, it's Oklahoma City, so I don't want to speculate because like right now he's a negative value, but it's Oklahoma City. So like maybe they make him desirable enough to like get a second round pick for him. I don't know. What I really think they do is he would be in some sort of like, we are taking on a bigger contract and sending out favors. Like if they were going to be the Kevin Love team, maybe they send out favors as part of that. I guess. Um, could, he seems like, I mean, I was going to say he seems like a buyout guy, but I don't know if they're going to do it. Well, they, they bought out Campbell Walker. I don't think many people. I don't think they coming. want that much dead salary. They already have 25 million or something of dead salary on their books. Dead salary is the worst thing you can have on your books because you can't trade it. Yeah. Right. Like 
even if you have a huge unwieldy salary, at least it's tradable. You can use it for something. More expirings. Uh, you talked about him briefly, Robert Covington. Yeah, I think he's going to be, if, if Lillard asked for a trade, then Covington would be a casualty where like a lot of teams don't have the stuff to trade for Lillard, but they'd love to get some of these role players off of Portland. Like, you know, Norm Powell would be one of them. Covington on expiring contract would be one of them. Every contender would want him, and we've seen the going rate in recent years of two first-round picks. This is an interesting one because uh, he's been pretty good, unless he has some sort of extension that I'm not aware of, which is definitely possible. TJ Warren? He is going to be a free agent next offseason. Okay, I think there's nice. a good chance that he extends. Um, he has not as of yet. I just don't see why the Pacers would trade him unless they really don't plan to bring him back. Just like they seem like you don't hire Rick Carlisle if you want to rebuild. Seems like they want to win. Well, I mean, Warren seems like a guy who you could get because they Pacers are one of those teams that just has like a lot of like like decent NBA players. And if you know they've got Lavert now, who kind of has taken whatever role that that Warren was playing in terms of offense, like being your like bucket getter type guy. So not that I would trade Warren, but I, I guess he could get to the point where like. If we can flip him for like a couple defensive assets or a draft pick or something where they're like, yeah, we love TJ Warren, but we just don't see how he can help this team moving forward. He was he was very good defensively two years ago under Nate McMillan. Not like very, very good, but like he had gone from one of the worst defensive players in the NBA to like a genuine positive on that end of the floor. You'd also be trading him at the lowest point of his value because he's coming off of that season that was ruined by injuries. And he's an expiring contract. So, like, if he's not healthy, teams might trade for him and get nothing. Yeah, that's true. I, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. I like TJ Warren. Um, Montrez, your boy? Montrez Harrell? I don't know what's going on with the Wizards centers. <laughs> because, like, the Wizards, they've got to get minutes for Gafford. They've got to have minutes for Thomas Bryant. But they also have a million forwards, right? Where, like, they have to play Hachimura and they have to play Kuzma and they have to play Denny and they have to, like, all these guys. And, like, I would think... Maybe the solution to your forward problem is some small ball center minutes for Hachimura. But then what happens to the centers? I don't know. Like somebody in Washington has to get traded. There's just aren't enough minutes there. What's Harold's value right now? Like, I I don't know. Do people think he's good anymore? Is he just, he's done? No, I think he can help you. Like if you're a team that doesn't have championship aspirations, Harold's a very good regular season player. Like one of the most valuable reserves in the NBA. He's just not a playoff player. Isn't that crazy how that happened? Like, two years in a row like you remember being like oh my god mantras harrell he's amazing he's gonna get paid to like oh no he was terrible in the bubble and then it's like he had this like great start to the season with the lakers where he was like you know shooting mid-range jumpers and doing all this face-up game and like looked really good and then as the playoffs game i was like well can't play mantras harrell well this is why i think it's incredibly stupid when guys take pay cuts to play with contenders thinking oh i'll look great and then i'll get my payday next offseason like no you won't because if you're not going to get it this offseason, that means the NBA doesn't value your skill set unless you're, you have an injury thing or something. But like for the most part, like what you should be doing if you want to get paid is go put up numbers on a bad team. Yes, 100 uh, percent. This is the, the fantasy in me talking. But like if Harold played for like, you know, the Thunder or somebody like that, where he could just get, just get 20 and 17 every night, like 25 and 12. And just like well, what you really want to do more than anything is get your bird rights onto a bad team that doesn't have better options than re-signing you. 
And that's exactly what Harold didn't want to do. He went to the Lakers on a short-term deal. He had only non-bird rights to be opted out. So he had to opt in, and he gets traded to Washington. Ryan, I don't know how many minutes he's going to get. It's a weird situation, but uh, I hope he lands on his feet. It seems it, it seems like you hate those guys that like kind of miss out on their payday. Like it's happened a few times in the NBA. Usually it's because of injury, but sometimes it's kind of unforeseen circumstances. He like, is a genuinely valuable regular season player. It's just circumstances have not been kind to him. Yeah. Uh, anybody else on the expiring deals that I missed? Uh, I don't think most of the other guys on my list are expiring. Okay. I have well. I have one player with a player option for a second year, so we can save him. Okay. Uh, I think that covers all the yeah. expiring guys. I had Ricky oh, actually, Rubio, I have but, one expiring, but he's on the um, Rodney Hood memorial list. Oh, 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 yeah. We're saving him. Yeah. I had I had Ricky Rubio, but I actually think Cleveland might just keep him. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any harm in having him. I think yeah. that was a player they affirmatively traded for. Like, he makes more money than Torian Prince, and they still made that swap. So it seems like they wanted him for a reason. It's another story. This was... Uh, what was it, the draft, I think? Whenever Rubio got traded, um, we had a, a bunch of stories going. Everybody was, like, so tired and, like, had a million things going on. And one of our headlines that I wrote, I'm going to take ownership of it, uh, it said Ricky Rubio traded to Wolves, and it was up for, like, six hours. And, like, <laughs> I got on Twitter, and somebody was like, at Colin CBS Sports, had a few too many drinks tonight and like screenshot it. And I was like, Oh God. Yeah. We've all had our moments. You just got to wear it. You know, yep. there's nothing else to do. A hundred percent. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, flip flippers. I'm calling them flip. Have you, uh, you're not a toddlers and Tierra's guy. Are you remember when that was a show? No, I'm not. No. Okay. Well, don't, don't act like it's, you never turned on Bravo. All right. Like they have some interesting program, but this was like, you know, six, <laughs> Six-year-old girl. I did not think I was going to be talking about Bravo. <laughs> dressed in, like, debutante dresses. But anyway, the point is, uh, they would put on... <laughs> these are little girls. They put Their mothers would put... Then fathers would put fake teeth on top of their real teeth. They're these, like, fronts to make them look like they had real teeth. Because they're young. They, they have little... To know where you're going with they this. have little baby teeth. <laughs> but anyway, those things, those prosthetic teeth are called flippers. So that's that's the tie-in because Good this category God. is flippers, people who could be flipped after going to a new team. Okay, just just list the players. Call. Are you disgusted? Are you taking a break right now? No, you're I'm just up, like you're trying to see if you, you could took DVR. A long and weird road to get where you got. You're looking up toddlers and Tierras on Hulu right now, aren't you? You're trying to <laughs> trying to players. binge it. Um, let's start with the easy one. Uh, Rajon Rondo. Um, he got traded oh, okay. to Memphis. Doesn't seem like they have any interest in keeping him. They already traded away his ex-teammate Patrick Beverly. Do you want me to get to what my lesser of the Rodney Hood players right now? You do whatever you. I just went to Toddlers and Tierra, so you have free reign to do whatever you so, want. So right now, the Memphis Grizzlies have 18 guaranteed contracts, or have 18 players on their roster. Actually, Sam Merrill's non-guaranteed, so he's going to be one cut, I would presume. Uh, Rajon Rondo. I presume is going to get bought out before the season. So that'll clear one more spot that gets them to 16. And my one obscure player who I'm very, very, very confident is going to get traded before the season is Daniel Oturu because they need to get down to 15 players. And I don't know who else they would get rid of. That's your boy. The guy oh, Eddie, was a, he got blocked seven times or something. <laughs> I have told you, I have long wanted to start a podcast called tank talk 
that's just about tanking and all of the culture around it. Daniel Oturu would be like a top five guest for me on that fictional show because he took part in one of the greatest in-season tank jobs of all time. His all-time duel with Poku on the last day of the season last year. I think he got blocked nine times in that game. Um, the Clippers <laughs> lost right at the end. And you know what? It worked out for them. It got them to the Western Conference Finals for the first time. So, you know what? It worked out. But I yeah. don't think he's going to be on the Grizzlies to start next season. He is one of my very, very obscure players that I think is going to get traded. So that's, he's not uh, quite my Rodney Hood Memorial pick, but he is one of the more obscure guys that I That's have. like, that's sub Rodney Hood. That's like 99% of the people listening to this don't even know who that is. Type right. Of well, pick. Yeah. My, my actual Rodney Hood pick, who we'll get to at the end, is yeah. in the Rodney Hood tier. Okay, that's good. But what about non-Rodney Hood, Rajon Rondo? Where does he go? He gets bought out and he goes back to the Lakers. Bought it's out? So it's so obvious. Why are the Lakers not si- – like, why have they not signed any players for three weeks? It's because they know somebody else is coming. And look at who they're working out. Isaiah Thomas, Darren Collison, Mike James. They, are, they want another point guard on this roster. It's so clearly going to be Rondo. Okay, but the Grizzlies had Andre Iguodala. They held on to him. Nobody is giving. They didn't. Him they didn't buy him out, and they ended up getting something for him. Why would they Who not is, try to do the same thing with Rondo? Two reasons. First of all, they have to trim the roster down. That is a legal. Fact They're getting rid of Oturu. You already. They have three more players that like. They have to get rid of somebody good if they're even if they get rid of Merrill and Oturu, like. They still have to either get rid of Rondo or get somebody else, get rid of somebody else that they value. Like, I don't know who that would be. Everybody else on the Grizzlies is good. So he's got to be a buyout. Like, that's just a logistical issue in the NBA. Wow. That takes all the fun out of it. Also, like, who's going to give up value for him? A team, you know, they wait, they wait, they wait until the deadline. And a team that's like, we need one more piece. Okay. Even if that's the case, even if some team genuinely viewed Rondo as positive value at this stage, you have to give up $7.5 million in matching salary to get it, or I guess lower than that, like $6 million-ish. Who has $6 million that they're willing to just give away to get Rondo? Maybe somebody injured? <laughs> okay. I like, don't know. Oh, the funniest outcome here, speaking of injured players, is like, let's say campaign gets hurt. Phoenix has Dario Saric, who should not be on this team because he has a torn ACL. And they are all in on the present. Like, he's not going to play this year. They should trade him. Imagine the Suns trading charge for Rondo. Boom. <laughs> and reuniting him with longtime enemy Chris Paul. There you go. They could spit on each other in practice. It'd be not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But well, you know, he does point. make $6 million. And I uh, actually had him. Uh, it was on the flipper list as a, with a question mark. Dennis Schroeder? If he doesn't work out Celtic. in Boston? No, what do you think? He's so much better than Rondo. Why I'm are the saying. Celtics doing that? And by the way, the Celtics are deep into the tech. They're not taking in more money for a downgrade. And why do the Grizzlies want Schroeder? Not happening. Dude, you just you rain on everybody's parade. I'm we're sorry, man. Have, We're just trying to have fun here. Um, I only think this because uh, I thought it was a weird signing. I mean, I get it, but Doug McDermott on the Spurs, That's- I get it, but... I feel like he'd be more valuable with like a contender. That seems like a signing they made with some intention, right? Like look at the shooting they've lost in recent years. Berton's gone. Patty Mills gone. Rudy Gay gone. I think they signed him with the idea that we need to space the floor for our young guys so we can properly evaluate which of them we want to keep for the long haul. So I think they're going to keep him. I think they signed him for a reason. 
Yeah, I agree, but I, I do think uh, he might be a guy. Like, would you give up? I, I don't know. He makes a decent amount of money, like $13.7 million? Doug McDermott? I was surprised by that because, like, what cap space team was going to sign him? Like, he was going to be a mid-level guy. They went higher than, I guess, in San Antonio, you have to do that. But I don't even know who was giving him the full mid-level. You think they could they package him and, like, like a couple of their good young guys and get anything decent? Like, is that why they paid well, him a little bit more to make the salary, well, like matching having, salary easier? Yeah. Having some matching salary never hurts, but they gave him three years, right? So I would yeah, think that teams trading high-level guys wouldn't want a three-year McDermott contract. Well, he kind of fits in everywhere. I think I don't think teams would be upset. I guess, with that. but like you'd rather if if you were signing him for the sake of trading him, you would have given him a two-year deal or one. right. Yeah, good point. Anyway, I thought it was a weird signing, but I mean, I get it. I just think a contender could use him. And then this guy, I only put him on here because I got to watch him last year. And uh, I, he might wear out his welcome where he goes. But Kelly Oubre, 12.3, 12 million or something for the next two years. I, I guess. Like, they had nothing better to do with their cap space. So signing a guy that you can trade, sure. I mean, the yeah. Thunder got a fake first-round pick for him. I don't see why the Hornets couldn't get a fake first-round pick for him. So yeah. Sure. I don't think seen, it's likely, but it makes sense. Yeah, they've got, a, got some forwards. they got a lot of athleticism. And Oubre, just, you know, watching him with the Warriors, he just – he tried so hard, like it's not his fault that like, he tried to fit in, but it's just he doesn't. I don't know if he fits well with other people who need the ball in their hands, like Charlotte has. Well, I would also say that he's Miles Bridges' insurance, right? Like, yeah, true. Extension eligible, and if you can't reach an agreement with him and he becomes a restricted free agent and gets a huge offer sheet next offseason, well, now you have at least a starting caliber wing in the building. Fair. And it's going to be fun watching him run up and down the court with LaMelo. I like that team. I like what they did in offseason. I don't know if they're going to be better. They're just going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, they'll be fun. I don't think they're going to be particularly good, but they'll be yeah. fun. Uh, that's all I have for the flip candidates. You got anybody that fits that bill? Uh, nobody that specifically comes to mind, no. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Uh, this is my wild card slot. So um, let's just get right to it. Chris Tapp's Porzingis. Things don't work out. Lucas starts to get a little chirpy. You know, something's got to happen. I know people aren't enthralled with that salary, but what if the Lucas just kind of saying, hey, like, we got to do something here. Make something happen. I think my problem is right now, Chris Stapps is just not very desirable. And if he plays well to start out the season, then suddenly Dallas is just going to say, why don't we keep him? So I feel like that's a timing issue more than anything. So it's like a lose-lose. Like, if he's bad, right. nobody wants him. If he's good, if he's good let's Dallas keep him. him. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, that salary is very hard to trade. Trading a three-year max deal is very difficult to the point where, like, when I was speculating on it after Dallas got eliminated, I was talking about guys like, would they do John Wall, where they take on a much older guy, but they shave off one year of the contract? Yeah, do you, I was wondering, uh, do you think John Wall is going to opt into the $42.7 million player option next year? Yeah, I'm, I'm think, pretty sure, I, I think. Th- I'm like, I'm I'm fairly confident. Let's leave it at that. We thought the same thing, you know, we thought Chris Paul was going to take it. You never know. If John Wall leads the Rockets to the finals, I will like this season, I will quit CBS forever and I will go live in the woods. I'll tell you, the way people are talking about the Rockets after Summer League, you would think that that's a genuine possibility with <laughs> So if they're talking about Jalen Green and Listen, Sengun and Garuba I like and all these their, guys. I like their long-term outlook. Like, I think they did very well this offseason. It's not happening this year. Christian Wood, never doubt him. 
he maybe should be on this list, honestly. If they're rebuilding, like, be, they yeah, could that could be, be a, yeah, he fits the wild card bill. There was some, some buzz there. Now, like, I don't think if you're trading him, you're trading because you're getting like multiple first round picks or good young players. Like, you're not trading for the sake of trading him, but if they're trying to tank, and by the way, given that they owe Oklahoma City their picks and basically 24, 25, 26 with some protections, they want to be as bad as possible this year and next year so that they can get their tanking in and then give the Thunder worse picks. They can't get they can't take at that point, so it incentivizes them to be bad right now. Interesting. Watch out for Christian Wood. He, he, I think a lot of teams would love to get their hands on him. I thought the Warriors should have done it. I thought they should have offered seven and fourteen for him. Yeah, we. You know, I I don't have the those Warriors on any of my lists. I just feel like the more I think about it, the more I think they're just going to keep their team the way it is because they they clearly want Bradley Beal and if, if he's not available I just don't know what else I just think go it's, for. I just want to get this on the record I don't think it's smart of them to wait for Bradley Beal for a few reasons number 1 he might never become available like that is a distinct possibility but number 2 even if he does I don't think they can make the best offer I think Atlanta can make the best offer now I think frankly like if you talk about teams that just want to give up all their picks you might even talk about some other teams getting in there so I feel like if you have like you have the star power right now between Steph Clay and Draymond, your move should be surrounding them with, you know, gettable, you know, high, like valuable starting caliber guys. Right. Like I'd rather trade seven and 14 for Christian Wood and then trade James Wiseman for another good starter and just say, like, we have the star power. Now we have the depth to to match it. And we're going to have this group for multiple years as opposed to like keep waiting and waiting and waiting and wasting years waiting for a star. I just don't think it's, it makes sense for them. Yeah, they I, have think, the star I, power already. I think they're just clearly trying to have their cake and eat it too. Like that seems to be the message from everybody. It's like, yeah, we want to win a championship now. Uh, but we also want our championship window to be multiple years. And we also want Which to build is, for the and future. By the way, like, yeah. um, do you think like in, I don't know, seven years, like, do you think a Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman, Moses Moody, Moody team is like, contending for championships no like realistically well, t- much two of those outcome. players have never played an nba game right. it might we be a little premature to say we don't know but you know. that's my point no that's my point is that we don't know i'm not saying that we won't but the odds are so low on any like not top two top three pick right but like the likeliest outcome here is that like wiseman is a good starting center moody is a good starting wing kuminga is all over the map but like maybe he settles at like a 20 point score that's like pretty good that stuff, like, I'm sorry, all of those guys become less valuable every day that they're not traded because yeah. they stop being ideas and they start being players. Well, it's the same thing we saw. Like, the the number two pick was extremely valuable. James Wiseman, not as much. Like, the 7 and 14 could be something to be packaged. You know, now it's Kuminga and Moody, maybe not as valuable. So, I And mean, this is something that, like, we should have learned from the Celtics, by the yeah. way, when they had all of those picks over and over again. And what we kept seeing was when they didn't trade those picks, when they actually made the picks— Sure, the number three overall picks, like Tatum and Brown, like they got minutes right away. But like James Young and Gershon Yabusele, like those guys would get picked and there just wouldn't be any minutes on those teams because they'd have so many picks and they'd have so many like mid-tier guys that they had by virtue of not being good for a few years that there just weren't minutes available. And that's what the Warriors are running into right now, right? Like either you're going to play a bunch of young guys and hurt your team this season or more likely you're trying to win the championship and you're just going to waste those guys away on the bench. 
Yeah, it's weird thinking like Kaminga's like 18 years old. Like he's not going to play on a championship contending team. Like, he's probably going to play happen. a lot of minutes in the G League, right? Yeah. Like he's going to play in Santa Cruz. He's be like, hey, I was just here last year. Here. Right. There's there's nothing wrong with that, but like I don't think this is a good developmental infrastructure for those guys. I think they'll learn a lot, but I just think like for the most part, the thing that makes young players better is minutes. Yeah, they also got uh. Uh, I think some new development coaches, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, we had to talk about the Warriors just because I don't think any of them are on my list, and it sounds like none of them are on your list either. Um, more wild card guys. You mentioned Kevin Love. Um, you don't think it's possible, basically. I mean, unless they're going to give up picks to send him somewhere, I I don't see it. I think he's a buyout. Uh, Harrison Barnes got a lot of buzz last year. Seems like another candidate. They seem too committed to trying to make the plan. If they were going to trade him, they would have taken the two first-round picks last year. If they get to, like, you know, February and they're, like, 12th? I still think they're going to push for it. <laughs> I'm not saying it's logical, but that the seems Kings, like what man. the organization's goal is. King's going to kick. I gave them a bad grade, too. I didn't like uh, Davian Mitchell would be fine. I just don't think he's good for them. Well, I mean, I think he will be when they get rid of Heal. Like, I think if you just have a three-guard rotation of Fox, Halliburton, and and Mitchell, where they're each playing like 32 minutes a game, like that works out really nicely. You just can't have healed at that point. But if you get rid of healed, you lose your shooting around those guys. Right, well, I think need. Mitchell can shoot. Halliburton can shoot. Halliburton can, can shoot. shoot. I'm not sure Mitchell can shoot. We'll see. We'll see. Fox can't shoot. Uh, you mentioned Miles Turner. He's not really a wild card. He's just always trade conversations. I think we passed that point. Like, yeah. I, I think, frankly, like, I think if something banged the Pacers over the head, they'd, they'd consider it. But I just keep going back to the fact that you hire Rick Carlisle because, like, you think you have a very good team and you need a coach who can get the most out of it. I don't think you get Rick Carlisle thinking we have to change a bunch of stuff. I like the Pacers. I don't know why. I have a, I have a weird thing with the well, Pacers. The problem is the East is so deep that, like, I like them too, but they're not better than the Celtics. Are they better than the Knicks? Are they better than the Wizards? Like, I think they're if you just, ask them, they think that they are better than the Celtics. Yes, I don't know if they. Agree. I don't know if I agree. I think, I think the Celtics are comfortably better than them. I think they're. In You're the high tier. on the Celtics, though. Yes, I, I think that they're in a tier with the Knicks and the Wizards and the Wizards. maybe the Hornets. Like the Wizards. You think the have Wizards a, are better than the Pacers? The Wizards have like 11 playable NBA players, and they have wow. a top 15 guy. Don't let Pacers Twitter hear this, man. They're going to be all like, over What do you, you want me to say? Bradley Beal is like, I'd rather have Bradley Beal than Indiana's entire starting lineup. Well, yeah, I mean, Karis LeVert? No? No? He's not, no I'm well? sorry, he's not close. Bradley Beal was like, he, he started the All-Star game. Well, did you mean you would rather have him than any one player or the entire No, I'm saying, like, I, <laughs> if, if the Pacers called the Wizards and said, we'll give you our entire starting lineup for Bradley Beal, the Wizards should say no. Yeah, correct. He's a top 15 player. I'm sorry. Like, those guys are so hard to come by. They still have good players, though. And if you're if Warren is as good as he was in the bubble, which he won't be because nobody is as good as they were in the bubble. Um, Say, though, that yeah, was, they're gonna be deep. that was partially a result of Sabonis being hurt when that team just kind of clicked into place where Warren was playing the four. Right. So, like, I think I've been saying all along, and Pacers fans disagree with me on this, the guy to trade is Sabonis for the same, like, if you can get a package similar to what Orlando got for Vucevic, it m- does not make sense to try to contend with an all-offense center unless that center is, like, Jokic-level good, which Sabonis is not. Um, I would be saying I want the 
defensive player of the year candidate to stay, move Warren up to the four, and then just get a boatload of stuff for Sabonis that you could build around those guys with. Sabonis does, he, he has the ball a lot. Like, they run their offense through him, even when he's not posting up, he's at the high post, he's doing, he has the ball. I feel like it's kind of, you know, when when it kind of opens up, when he's not on the court, it kind of opens up opportunity for other guys. So I, I could definitely see that happening. But he's 25 years old and an all-star. I've got nothing <laughs> against opponents. It's just like, you've got to break those guys up at some point. He also, I, I think... Be- he sh- it says he shot 32% from three. I, I swear, I actually watch a decent amount of Pacers because especially at the end of the year, they couldn't play any defense. So I was taking a lot of DFS they guys like, against them. Didn't they have like four games where they scored 150 points? They were, like, they they, really they were giving up 150 points yeah. a game. I know that. <laughs> like those end of the year, like Kings Pacers games were just like track meets. It's amazing. But anyway, my point is, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen Demonis Sabotis make a three-pointer. He had this really weird arc where the Thunder had him shooting a bunch of threes as a rookie. Then he stopped shooting threes entirely after that until last year when he started shooting them again. Yeah, it's and like I, you don't see that very often where a guy stops shooting threes and then starts again. He's one of those guys who can't like he can't get the ball over the rim because he's just too stiff. So he he fires these like line drives and they, I feel like they all just like hit the front of the rim or like hit hard like backboard and then back of the rim. Yeah. Anyway, it'd be nice if he could shoot. I guess because you brought up Vucevic, and I was thinking, like, at least Vucevic can shoot threes. I'm not sure if a team would be as enticed with uh But he's also bonus. younger, and he's on a better True. contract. True. Um, that's it for wild cards. You got anybody else kind of out of left field? Well, I want to know what your your other categories are before I list I got, everybody. I got matching salary. I got one hired gun, and then I got, like, two or three take-a-chance guys. Okay, let's just go through your. Yeah, I don't think I have anybody else that would categorize as a wild card. Okay, I'll just I'll name all of them because we don't need okay. to go one by one on these guys. Uh, Will Barton makes 15 million if Denver wants to make a move. It seems like he's a possibility. KCP at 13 million with the Wizards. Larry Nance at 11 million. Danny Green at 10 million, and then DeAndre Jordan at 10 million for the Nets. Okay, uh, KCP I don't think is getting traded because he and Bradley Beal are best friends. Uh, uh, who's the first guy? Will Barton. Yeah, I think, yeah, if they make a big, big move, sure, it makes sense. But I, I think Denver is just going to stick with what they have. Yeah, I just always think Denver's um, like one move away from something. And like it was supposed to be Aaron Gordon last year, but I don't know. He didn't look great. I want to go. Well, he looked great until Murray got hurt. Right. He looked great doing averaging like five points a game. And then right, he just but that's kept what, averaging five points a game, even when they but, needed him to average 15 points per game. Right. But when the, like the fully actualized version of their team is not him as a scorer. No, I get it. I understand. Um, Larry Nance is somebody I actually do want to talk about a little bit because he is quietly like the move that makes Brooklyn the most dangerous. Like they already are the most dangerous team in the NBA. The move that makes them like the undisputed champion is they get this $11.5 million trade exception from Spencer Dinwiddie. If they just trade Cleveland a first round pick for Nance and slot Nance into the Jeff Green role and just say like, be our small ball five, slash four sometimes, like, just fill in for Jeff Green. Like, that, that is a perfect fit for them, right? I love Larry Nance. I love him. Now, and I think he's wasting away in Cleveland. Yeah. They already have a $300 million payroll, so I don't think they would fit him into the exception. You mentioned DeAndre Jordan. If the Nets players were smart, like if Durant and Harden, like, really it was all about the title, they would be telling their front office, go trade DeAndre Jordan for Larry Nance 
with draft picks attached, obviously, to entice Cleveland. Because, like, that is the perfect, perfect fit for them. And DeAndre Jordan just isn't going to play, but it seems like DeAndre Jordan is untouchable. Yeah, that's the thing I was wondering, because, like, are they actually going to stick to that? Or <laughs> could they, act, you know, If they were going to move him, they would have done it in the Dinwiddie deal. But they, like, they yeah. would love to move him. The tax savings would be enormous for them if they did, but it just doesn't seem like the players are willing to let him go. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I do love Nance. And now that they got Mobley, he kind of well, yeah. push, pushes even more playing time away from Nance. Their front court of the future is Okoro, Mobley, and Allen. Like, the starting spots probably are set from there. Larry Nance is a starter. He should not be coming off the bench. The first 16 games last season, when Larry Nance was healthy, Cleveland ranked six on defense. Then he gets hurt, and from that point onward, they rank 27. Great playmaker, too, on offense. He can dribble and pass. calorie as well. Love it. There's so many reasons you should be trying to trade for Larry Nance. Portland should be trying to trade for Larry Nance. Like, Dallas should be trying to trade for Larry Nance. Any team that wants to improve defensively should be trying to trade for him. And he also brings all this interesting offensive stuff as well. He yeah, should man. not be—you're right, he's wasting away in Cleveland. I'm going to do winners and losers of this podcast. Larry Nance, winner. 100%. Uh, that's all I have for matching salary. I'm sure there's a ton of other guys, though. Was there any? I feel like we missed one, maybe missed one of your guys, but I can't remember. Uh, not Barton, KCP, Nan. Oh, Danny Green, but we kind of talked about oh, him earlier. Oh, yeah. I guess he could be in a Ben Simmons trade of something. Yeah, like if more. they end up trading Simmons or yeah. they end up getting McCollum or Lillard or whatever. They are not in any rush to trade Danny Green, but I'm sure they'd do it if the right thing came along. Yeah. Anybody else in that category for you? Nope. Cool. Uh, just one hired gun. I just wanted to put him on there. Uh, Terrence Ross. Yep, he what, is. What's, what the hell is he, he healthy doing on the Magic? <laughs> yeah, so they traded all of their other veterans. They only have two players on the entire roster in their 30s. It's him and Robin Lopez. He has a declining salary, $12.5 million this year, and then $11.5 million the next year. I feel like he's one of these guys that he's been a pretty good shooter in Orlando, but put him on a team with real playmaking and spacing and he'd become a great shooter. And they quietly have a lot of perimeter guys that need minutes, right? Like you need minutes for Suggs, for Fultz, for Cole Anthony, for RJ Hampton, for Chumo Kiki, for Franz Wagner. Like there aren't a lot of minutes to go around here. It doesn't make sense to keep the guy in his thirties. I think basically anybody that wants a three and D guy should be going in on him. Yeah. He was really, really good last year and just, I mean, he just there's no reason he should be on the Magic. I guess the issue is, like, what what would you get in return for him? Like, would you give up a first round pick for Terrence Ross? I think some teams should. Like, yeah. I hate to go back to the Lakers, but like, there are so few three and D guys that they could match salary on. But there are ways that they could turn like Kendrick Nunn and Marcus Gasol into Terrence Ross, like through step ladder trades and whatnot. Step I would give up trades. Look yes. at this. Okay, this is. I'll just do a little cap cheat code here. You get a diagram. You can, uh, yes, if you you can trade, you can trade for players that make up to 125% of the salary that you send out in a trade. But if you get multiple players back, those players cannot be aggregated. In fact, if you get any player you get back in a trade, cannot be aggregated with other salary in future trades for I believe 60 days. But if you trade multiple small salaries for one big one, you can then trade that one bigger one for another player that's 125% away. So like this Lakers example, Nunn and Gasol combined to make around $7.5 million. 
So maybe you trade those two guys for one $10 million player, and then you trade that $10 million player for Ross, who's $12.5 million. Something like that. That's what a stepladder trade is. It's when you trade multiple small salaries for one bigger one, and then you trade that bigger one for one even bigger than that. Sam, if this whole writing and you know podcasting thing doesn't work out for you, I think there's a lot of high schools out there that could use an economics teacher that could break things down like that. Well it, done, my friend. A lot of high schools that are very interested in like the mid-level exception and the over 38 rule. Is, Wo- is Woj like kind of tweeting out some rumors like the, the Washington Middle School is zeroing in on Sam Quinn? Well, my point is like for the Lakers, there aren't that many 3 and D guys they could feasibly get to salary-wise. So if they had to give up their 2027 first round pick to get somebody like Ross, I think that would be really helpful for them. And by the way, while we're on the subject, Kendrick Nunn is somebody that I have on my honorable mentions just because the Lakers have so little tradable salary, right? Right now, there are five players on their roster making more than the minimum. They're not trading LeBron. They're not trading Davis. They're not trading Westbrook. And then Taylor Horton Tucker seems to be like, like, you know, Rob Palenka looks at him like a son, like he's a future star. And how dare I imply that he ever traded so if they're going to make any sort of in-season trade Kendrick Nunn's 4.9 million is probably going to have to be involved I just like imagine like tail and Horton Tucker was one of those like those beanie hats you know that had like the twirling plastic thing on top like holding yes. Rob Polinka's hand licking like vanilla ice cream on a cone on a hot summer day I mean look the Lakers seem convinced that despite his very obvious fit issues with with Westbrook and even with LeBron to an extent that he is a future star and they will never ever ever give him up I think that belief is going to be tested this season when he inevitably can't play with Westbrook. So we'll see. But I, I think Nunn is another guy that, like, just given his salary, has to be listed here. Cool. Uh, I have a couple guys on the take a chance list, guys who, like, you know, maybe been forgotten about, feel like they haven't gotten the right opportunity. Uh, one, Marvin Bagley in Sacramento. I think his name's been thrown about a lot. Um, pretty crazy about how his value is just basically nothing now. Yeah, I feel like right now it's in his best interest and the King's best interest. Just give him 20 minutes a game and see if he can rehab his value. Yeah, it's crazy. I like Bagley. And talk about fantasy guys. The dude puts up stats, that's for sure. I mean, I think he's worth it for like some team like the Spurs or the Thunder that has nothing better to do. Hey, the Thunder need a center. Get Marvin Bagley. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but then with guys like that, it's like the teams that would be taking a chance on him are bad teams who probably don't have players that the Kings want, right? It's always that like weird well, double-edged the sword. King, they just probably want to get off of the contract at this point, right? I get he's expiring. And I don't think they have any intention of bringing him back. Ugh. I don't wow. think they need value for him. This is not like when they asked the Pistons for Sadiq Bay. They took they took him over Luka Doncic. Remember what they tried to they tried to train him for Sadiq Bay? And it was sort of this feeling like, yeah, we're doing you a favor. We're trading you a number two overall pick. It's like, look, 17 overall pick. It's like, oh, no, my friend. It's just not, not working so out bad. here. We're going to go ahead and give you Marvin Bagley. All you got to do is send us Sadiq Bay. That's it. We'll call it a day. They laughed and hung up. Yeah. Pistons were like, no, we're good, man. Yeah, I think he just rides out the season in Sacramento and then he signs somewhere next offseason. That's crazy. Poor Marvin Bagley. Anyway, uh, we mentioned Larry Nance. He's on my take a chance list. I just feel like he's completely underutilized in Cleveland. Um, this is a different type of take a chance guy, but Eric Gordon, like maybe he's not no. washed up type of take a chance. I am not what do you touching think? that contract. Maybe he's not washed up. No, I'm maybe not he can touching. help somebody. Yeah, you want to pay him. What if he comes out and hits like 43% no, on like I'm, nine threes a game? 
no, I'm not touching that contract. I'm not paying that guy $18 million a year for the next three years. It's not happening. Take a chance. That's why it's called take a chance. No, yeah, here's the thing. Roll the dice. If Eric Gordon, like the best version of Eric Gordon is him living up to that contract, maybe. And even that I'm pretty dubious that he can do. If he was on an expiring, sure. Or if he was making $9 million a year, sure. I'm not touching that contract. Whatever. I like to roll the dice sometimes. Okay, um, then you're going to have a very bad contract. <laughs> uh, that's all I got. Uh, I think that's my entire list. You, I'm, you surely have people left on your list. Okay, I'm going through my list now. I have only two players that we have not gotten to in some point. Wow, that's impressive. I, I feel um, like I need to pat myself on the back. That includes the Rodney, Horde, Rodney Hood Memorial pick, but we'll get to him last. This is a more, I think, standard guy is Kobe White who right now looks like the fifth guard in Chicago behind Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso. The Bulls sorely need defense, which he does not really provide. So maybe trading Kobe White could help them get it. And like quietly, the Bulls have amassed like a fair bit of young talent, right? Like they have Larry Markkinen's rights. They have Kobe White. They have Patrick Williams. Like I'm not saying they're going to trade Patrick Williams, but like at some point you figure like maybe if they're, if they're really a win now team, they try to cash in some of those chips for, like, some win-now veteran. Yeah, White seems like the type of guy, uh, at least in this early stage of his development, that needs to, like, work through a lot of issues and shoot a lot and turn the ball over a lot and kind of make bad plays a lot. And well, at, at least from their offseason, the Bulls don't seem like they're in that market anymore. That's what he was doing before, and now all of a sudden it seems like they've given up on him. Like, I think if you're a bad team and you have minutes to spare, I would definitely take a chance. I mean, the dude averaged 15 points a game last year, shot 36% on threes, like 4.8 assists a game. Like, I know those are counting stats, but he's doing stuff. He's very talented. He's very fast. Like, I just, I don't know that he's necessarily an NBA starter, but he's a valuable player. Yeah. So, that I mean, that could definitely be a, a take a chance type guy, right? Yeah, I, I would say, like, for lottery team, or even, like, let's say you're, I don't know, like, I'll just throw out the Miami Heat. And, well, I guess they're pretty guard-heavy. Like, let's say you're an older contender and you just want to infuse a little bit of youth. It makes sense to go get him. But now, drumroll, please, for the Rodney Hood Memorial. So excited for this. player to get traded in the NBA this season is Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn! (laughs) The Boston Celtics, by my calculation right now, are $6.6 million above the luxury tax line. Spoiler alert, I don't think they're going to pay the luxury tax this season unless they trade for Bradley Beal or something during the season. But if so, I suspect that Dunn and his expiring contract probably be in that deal. But regardless, Ken, uh, Chris Dunn makes $5 million this season. I suspect that at some point they will trade that maybe into Oklahoma City's trade exceptions, maybe into another team's trade exception. They're going to get off of that money in some form. If they do that and they waive Jabari Parker, who is not guaranteed, he, half of his contract guarantees on opening night. So if they waive him in training camp, that I believe would get them below the tax line. And then they could play the 10 day game and, you know, fill out their roster that way. But my point is the likeliest way for Boston to get under the tax line, and I don't think they're paying the tax this year, is to trade Chris Dunn. So I think Chris Dunn's going to get traded. So you're telling me that they're going to give up on the potential uh, Kelly Green Curtain of Chris Dunn, Marcus Smart, and Josh Richardson, just the, the most defensive, horrible offense backcourt you can possibly think of? Well, I, there was a small part of me that wondered if, like, 
maybe they really liked Chris Dunn in the 2017 draft and they almost took him over, or maybe it was 2016, whatever year. And maybe they almost took him and ultimately landed on Jalen Brown. So Brad Stevens was like, this is great. We have a chance to fix him. But no, realistically, I think he was just salary ballast. I think they just ended up with him. And now they're going to try to move him to not pay the tax because I think their hope is that they're going to get Bradley Beal either this season at some point or next season, or like they're going to add some high level player in the near future. And with Tatum and Brown already on big contracts, they're going to be paying the tax for quite some time. So keeping the, you know, keeping the repeater clock from starting now is very important. So I just don't think there's any chance they're paying the tax. This is the simplest way for them not to do it. I think the Celtics are like, I'm sure we'll do this podcast at some point, but like the teams that like, for me at least have like the biggest, like, question marks like i don't know what the hell to think of this team celtics are way up there like i'm just looking at the roster and it's like ennis canner and like bruno fernando like jabari parker they're just buying time until dennis schroeder they just have like a weird team just like an odd mix of players schroeder was just a value contract like that was a starting i'm not i'm not blaming them for getting him i'm just saying in terms of the fit it's just a weird bunch of players no, I just think that was good value. And everything else, I think, is geared towards getting Bradley Beal, right? Like, I think they extended Smart, extended Williams, and extended Richardson, thinking, like, these are guys we could potentially include in a Bradley Beal trade. I hope Rob Williams stays healthy, man. That's, that's I would my... love to see him. He's not going to start. Al Horford's going to start. But, like, I would love to see Rob Williams just play 80 games as starter minutes for, you know, just one season. Just I want to see what that looks like. And Peyton Pritchard's going out there putting up 92 points in games this summer. So he's going to be fighting for minutes, man. Schroeder there, <laughs> it's mind. going to be Pritchard versus Langford for backcourt minutes. So there, Chris Dunn, the number one guy on your list. So if yes, you had, if you had to bet money, if yes. you could find some casino that would let you bet money on who would absolutely be traded this season, Chris Dunn is your number. You're putting the house on him. Well, remember, Rodney Hood was my pick last year, and lo and behold, he got traded. Where did he get traded? <laughs> what team, what team he was, was in the, um, the Gary Trent Norm Powell trade. Wow. He was the he called it, man. You said you Trent. said. You said that yeah. the only reason they signed him for this salary is so that they could trade him. And lo and behold, that's what happened. So hopefully I will be two for two, and we're doing this podcast next year. Well, that's, I mean, this is what we do. Think about what we've done in this podcast. We started off with Ben Simmons, the hottest name, all-star all NBA guy, and we ended up with Chris freaking Dunn. If that doesn't encapsulate this podcast, I don't know what does. I think I think now the Chris Dunn Memorial likeliest player to get traded is going to be such a phenomenon that next year we have to start the podcast with it. Just get it get it out of the way. No, but you want to yeah. save it because that's what people people are going to be wanting to that's hear. That's our hook. We need to keep people. They're going to fast forward. Like, wait, did I miss it? Where was it? Uh, what do you do? What do you do with yourself now that the NBA is over? Like you got you got some interesting personal stuff going on. Like what do you do? I took vacation before. I'm moving back to New York in the next couple weeks. But other than that, like we'll be doing podcasts. I'll write occasionally, I guess, as the mood strikes me. I we do have jobs to do at CBS, so that's still going. We on. do get paid, yes, to to perform yeah. tasks. We have to do a certain amount of writing, but other than that, like we just gotta relax, man. Because soon enough, we'll be back in the thick of things. You always forget how short the NBA offseason is. You're like, okay, I'm going to have two solid months. I'm going to have like three solid weeks. I'm going to have one and a half days to get ready. Even, like, especially so in a COVID-shortened Olympic offseason. 
Oof. Yeah. Luckily, next free agency all got out of the way in like two days. something extreme. Next offseason, like we're gonna be done on like July fifteenth. Don't, don't come on, man. You know better than this. Don't say such a thing. What do you think? Like, I don't think the NBA is canceling over COVID again. I think they will soldier through no matter what. Just, there's gonna be some. There's gonna be something that extends. You know, all Carl Anthony Towns trade demand. Something. Something's gonna happen. You know how it goes. I'm feeling, I think finally next offseason we're going to be okay. But you know what? If I jinxed us, I jinxed us. That's what you do. Sam Quinn, thank you so much for joining me. It's good to get back on the horse. We'll be cranking out a few more of these in the coming weeks to get us through the offseason. Anything else to add? Nope. Just keep listening to the podcast. Keep liking, keep subscribing, keep reading CBS Sports. That's why you're the dream teammate, because I was going to forget to say that stuff, and you just did. Anyway, thanks for joining us. Uh, We'll be back soon. Pleasure as always, Colin. 